the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we are feeling anxious about some pressing issue, few things are as unhelpful as someone telling us not to worry about it, as though our anxiety could be turned off like a light switch. At first glance, Jesus' counsel in the gospel to uh, do not worry about our life seems simplistic and unhelpful in this way. However, a closer look reveals that Jesus is aiming at a deeper truth about the source of our anxiety and its antidote. The word for worry or anxiety in the gospel means to, quote, care for something. And to care for something can be good or bad depending upon exactly what it is we are caring for. If we are caring for or worrying about the things of the world, what we will eat and drink and wear, the result will be more anxiety. And the reason is evident. Every temporal thing we pursue is, well, temporal and uncertain. If our life is defined by the pursuit of uncertain things, we will be anxious because we will never know when these things will fail us. We only know that they eventually will. However, if our life is defined by care for the worship and service of God, so that our main focus is on seeking and discovering his will in all things, then our anxiety will diminish and peace will begin to grow in its place. <clears throat> the reason for this is also evident. God sent his son to live for us and die for us. He is always present and faithful. He is always with us in life and death. In him we have life that will not end. If our life is defined by the pursuit of God and his kingdom, we will obtain what we seek, and we will never lose it. Thus, St. Peter, using the same Greek word that Jesus uses in the gospel in 1 Peter, exhorts us, quote, humble yourself under the almighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. The pursuit of God and his kingdom is not that easy. It sounds good when Jesus says it, but it requires an intentional reorientation of our life and behavior. Many people think that our anxiety is simply a matter of how we think. Thus, they try to convince themselves that what they're worrying about really isn't such a big deal. And this initiates a mental conversation that becomes a continual chatter in our heads and only ends up adding to the anxiety. In truth, anxiety results from the orientation of our lives, what we focus on, and then the behavior that we carry out based on that orientation. Jesus said that we cannot serve God and mammon. This assumes that we will serve one or the other. 
The something we serve is the central organizing principle of our lives. It determines what we do or how we order what we do. Jesus describes service to mammon in terms of food and clothing and their pursuits. This were, these things were concerns of his first century audience, which, is, which were much more concerned about subsistence issues, simply survival. Our cultural service to mammon has moved beyond mere subsistence concerns. Our cultural anxiety results from an intense and unrelenting focus on temporal things, whether it be the economy, the political campaign, or how our children will succeed in the world, or who we are angry at and hold responsible for all the problems we are worrying about. God exists in this idol worship as a kind of helper. As we cast all our care upon the world, we ask God to come in and help us with our program for improving the world. And disappointment with God stems from this failure in our estimation to be an adequate helper. This perspective is heavily influenced by the consumer and marketing model. It assumes that I, the consuming and desiring individual, am at the center, and it assumes that what I want is paramount and that God is present to respond to me. The necessary reorientation requires that we abandon our throne and become worshipers and followers of God rather than consumers of God. We all want certain things, and we all want certain things to happen. But unless and until we are ready to sacrifice what we want to God and his kingdom, unless and until we can say with Jesus, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, we will remain anxious servants of mammon. We must practice humility. What we want may not be God's will, and it may not even be what is best for us. Jesus is Lord. He frequently rules the world in ways that we do not understand. And surrender to his will requires a continual surrender of our plans and goals and desires to him. The funny thing is that while Jesus rules the world in ways we do not understand, his plan always works out better than ours in the long run. And here's what might be the main point. The kingdom of God is a real thing, and it is distinct from the kingdoms of the world. Therefore, seeking first the kingdom of God requires some distance from the world. To be holy, which is what we are called to be in Christ, means to be set apart from the world. The anxiety of many people results from identifying the kingdom of God too closely with temporal goals or plans. And it is a small step from there to compromise and anxiety. The end 
the plan, which we equate with the kingdom, uh, will come to justify the means. We will do whatever we need to do to make it happen. We will subtly become dishonest and unloving in our pursuit of the plan. And then the devil has us just where he wants us. We have fallen into the third temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. But unlike Jesus, we have bowed the knee. We have spoken of coronatide as an apocalyptic season. It has been a season of revelation. The thoughts and intents of our hearts have been revealed. But I fear that sometimes the wrong lesson is being learned. There is much talk about wanting to get back to normal so that life can be like it was. And this attitude misses the great opportunity this season provides to reorient our lives around the kingdom of God. The important thing to learn from the perspective of the kingdom is not how quickly we can get a vaccine or how quickly all that has fallen apart can be repaired. The real point is the revelation in unmistakable and inarguable terms that everything in this world is temporary and can be lost very quickly. The concern of the kingdom is not merely to quickly rebuild what is temporary. The concern of the kingdom is to rebuild on the solid foundation of the rock and not on the sand. The pattern of seeking first the kingdom of God is not that hard in concept. It begins here at the altar of God. We come to hear the word of God, to seek his will for our lives, what he wants us to do. We come to confess our sins, to receive forgiveness, to renew our experience of union with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. We offer to God all of our concerns in our prayer, what we need and what we want from God, and for whom we desire his mercy, healing, and grace. We offer all of life to him, and we commit to him the job of ruling the world. We trust that Jesus, the Lord, is sitting on his throne and is able to take our lives as they are with all their messiness and make all things work together for the good in them. Having committed the job of ruling the world to God, we then leave the altar to focus on the specific good works that God has called each of us to do. He has prepared for each of us to walk in, as our thanksgiving prayer in Philippians says. This means doing our life work with a focus on giving glory to God and doing good for the other people we encounter every day. This means focusing on the small picture, the tasks and details of loving those made in God's image each day. The details over which we actually have some influence and control. And our actual influence in the world is worked out in a combination of these two things. Offering our prayer to God and out of that prayer 
doing what we are actually called to do and not worrying about the other things. A life spent seeking the kingdom of God repeats this pattern every single day. Life in the kingdom of God always begins in prayer and in the word of God, seeking God and his will for our lives. Life in the kingdom then always goes out into the world to bear witness of that life we have experienced in our prayer. We seek first the kingdom of God when we love and serve others without a need for any particular temporal result from our actions. We will trust God for those results. A curious thing happens when this reorientation takes place, when love for God and seeking his kingdom becomes the priority, when we cast all our care on him. The things of our world begin to fall into place. Prayer and the word of God give us new wisdom. God works in propitious ways. We have a thousand conflicting thoughts running through our minds. But as we spend time in stillness and silence with God, we get clarity about his will for us. We are led by the Spirit, given power to do it. As Mother Teresa reportedly once said, If I did not pray three hours a day, I'd never get anything done. Seeking first the kingdom of God actually works. The freedom from anxiety that results from seeking first the kingdom is not merely a source of individual benefit in the consumer model. It is our witness as a church to the world. The witness of the church in our time is often less compelling than it ought to be because the church is caught up in the cares of the world. And the church becomes, when it does this, merely another anxious combatant in the world's polarized battle. The opportunity of this season is to reorient our lives individually and our life together in Christ as a church to let go of anxious concern for the cares of the world and cast our care upon the concerns of God and his kingdom, to be witnesses for Christ, to be witnesses for something different in the world. That is our vocation. As Jesus commands us in the gospel, quote, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.